0: Hi, everybody, it's Matt Kirby, and welcome to a brand new episode of Groupie and Harmony. Uh, thank you for joining us again today. Um, so, I'm recording this Saturday evening. So, in today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, the Astral World Festival. But the big chunk of this is an interview that I actually did with my sister on Thursday, which uh, was discussing some legal aspects of Astral World, which I think is really interesting because I know there's a lot of questions around surrounding it, which makes sense. And she is, she actually passed the bar. So she's a, so she's a lawyer now. Um, So I think that getting her input on this is really valuable and really interesting to discuss this to get a better idea about what we might see happen. So before we kick off into that, I'm just going to do my typical shameless plug. I have a Facebook page. It's called Groupie and Harmony. Make sure you give that a like because I post on there whenever I have any updates about the podcast, whenever I release a new episode, or whenever I have a new post from my blog feeling groupy. So, um, I recently released my, um, early full-on Grammy predictions. I'll have another one. The announcement, they officially announced the nominees on the 23rd, so I'll have a full-on updated one coming out shortly before that because there are some changes that I have, some artists rising, or some artists or or nominate potential nominees rising and some falling and then some that uh I've discovered says then that some songs were nominated instead of other songs so um, I'll be updating that one coming out um and then I also have another post that at this point I was hoping it would come out before but it might come out afterwards I'm not sure yet but I'm really excited for this one um I've been spending a lot of time on this one this one's going to be a top 100 list the first official top 100 list I'm actually publishing so I'm really excited about that one and uh and I hope to do more in the future with that one and it's one um, a list in particular that I'm really passionate about and really excited about so been a lot of fun to work on that so I'm really excited to release that one and um I'm getting close to done with that one at least um and then I'm also going to do specifically a podcast that record that does that discuss like discusses like the top 10 and then a few others for that one so um keep your eyes peeled for that one um I also have a basketball blog is baller trademarked yet make sure you like that one as well check that one out um I will have a post coming out soon related to a few different uh things in the NBA that have been in the news a bunch of different things that I think are interesting to talk about or in one case even something that I really don't even care about but a lot of people have been talking about and that's and that's something that the Sacramento Kings are dealing with. That shouldn't even be a story, in my opinion, but is um, beside the point. Um, and especially, so make sure, like, the separate Facebook page for that. and But especially for Groupie Harmony, make sure, like, that Facebook page, even if you are just listening to the podcast and, like, don't, even if it's just, like, you are still have your source where you typically listen to that. Um, because I know some places it's, uh, because sometimes I might not be able to, release an episode in one site whereas another site because i know like i um where for most of my podcasts i upload them all to anchor but for podcast.com i upload that one separately and know recently just because of the way that i've edited it i've had some issues uploading it to that one lately just because of um the way that the i have been loading the files and with um some issues with editing software um so be sure to like that one so and you can so then, in the event that you don't see one in your normal place, you can click on one of the links and find it elsewhere. Um, and uh, also, before we continue on right now, um, apologies if my voice sounds a little bit off. A uh, lot of talking today, so uh, my voice is a bit shot. Um, but anyways, um, so uh, with Charles Scott, so um, there there's been some update. I mean, mostly it's just been like a lot of the updates have just been, um, more just, um, there've been a few updates, but I think the biggest one probably is that a ninth individual has died. Um, so, and they died in the hospital. I expect there will be other people that have, um, there, I think it was reported that like, there have been like 300 people that report that went to the hospital as a result. Um, so i wouldn't be surprised if we see at least a couple more individuals die um and then also uh there is um there has been a petition going on to uh for them to uh drop travis scott from uh uh from the coachella lineup which uh somehow this i totally missed this one but a few weeks ago um so it was sounding like that uh they well, they haven't officially released a statement, like and it's not on their website. Um, it was sounding like Coachella had their headliners, which would be Travis Scott, Rage Against the Machine, and then the third one would be uh, um it was sounding like would um oh, excuse me, it would be Swedish House Mafia. Um, now I'm I don't know who they've re- there are a bunch of options they could replace Travis Scott with. Um I mean the one that keep, I'm sure they'll do some sort of hip hop artist because that tends to be how they do it. Even though if they were looking at any genre, the one that would instantly come to mind for me, maybe they could do this as a, as like maybe the second biggest name is that, Abba um has reunited and is going on tour. So it, I'm half expect. It would not surprise me if they book them, um, and because especially since they do like trying to book multiple bands that are reuniting, so but there's a massive petition. There's thousands of people that have signed the petition asking him to be dropped. I think it's up to 25,000 now or over that. Um, there's been over a hundred lawsuits filed. Um, and also one that has come out is that uh, he uh, is that Travis uh, that Travis Scott had went to, after the show had went to an after party afterwards. I think it was reported that it was at David Buster's. I might be, mis- I might be mistaken about the location um, but it was that Drake had put on and like, he was there for 30 minutes before he was actually told that, uh, what had happened there and then he left, which I mean, I think that just really shows how, just how poorly managed it is. If he, if he didn't know all that and then no one from his team was telling him, Hey, you know, uh, cause I mean, honestly, I mean, it's not like he left there and was in, likely would it was unlikely that he would have been able to leave instantly after that it would, even if he was able to leave pretty quickly afterwards, it probably would have taken him, like, at least 15 minutes to get out of there, more than likely closer to an hour, so, but we'll just give him the credit, benefit of the doubt, and say 15 minutes, like, how did no one tell him that 45 minutes afterwards, that's really concerning, so, yeah, but anyways, um, so, I, I will have another episode that's going to be recorded soon, I'm likely going to record it tomorrow, um, I'm not, quite sure of the topic yet. Um, it will depend on a couple things. Um, my, uh, um, one hope that I, I had hoped to, to have the top 100 list done by the insulin. So I could feel comfortable giving the top 10 so I could say, Hey, the blog post will come out in a couple like a couple days after that. I just don't want to promise that quite yet. that's my, still gonna be my goal. Um, but anyways, I'll record it tomorrow. Probably and uh, release it Monday, and then um, in the next couple, few days there should be a blog post out for uh, is baller trademarked yet? So um, just keep your eye peeled for all that, and now uh, in the meantime, I'll send it over to the interview that we did with Megan, and thank you so much for listening. And I hope you find the interview really informative, because I I certainly did, and I'm really glad that she was and really appreciative, that she was able to take some time out of her schedule to interview with for really a podcast that really in the big scheme of things is such as a small thing. So I really am appreciative that she was able to do that. So we'll send it over to that interview now. I want to take a quick second to promote a business. That's a friend of the podcast and also person runs as a friend of mine. And that is sick little creations. So you can find it on Redbubble. There's amazing uh, stuff on there. You can find artwork, stickers, um, some clothing, bunch of other stuff. Find it on Redbubble.com. You can also uh, find more of her work at Pinterest. Be sure to check that out. It's really amazing work. So any at any time you have, you need know, to get a gift for someone. Like I know we're, you likely just missed Mother's Day, but. Still, you do have, you do a Father's Day coming up, there's still birthdays, there are a variety of other holidays, so you can go for it, so definitely be sure to check that out. And that's Sick Little Creations, and you can find that on Redbubble, and also be sure to follow her on Pinterest as well. So as I mentioned earlier in the week, we have an additional episode related, in particular because of everything related to World, and we have a special guest, our legal expert and consultant, my sister Megan, Megan. How are you doing? And thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I'm doing well. I had the day off of work today because I am a state employee. Lucky. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's a nice day, way to end the day off.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, we'd love to have you for something more fun to discuss, which hopefully we'll be able to get to a couple things later on. So I really do want to discuss the le- whole legal aspects of this. So um, I have a bunch of questions that i thought would be interesting i think the first one to discuss is like because already you're hearing people will be sued whatever so i think it'll be interesting to discuss like who might be held liable and first off because i think that we'll see different things for uh civil and criminal um do you mind just explaining for those at home who might not know uh like just what the difference is between like civil suits criminal suits
1: sure so um I mean, and I can start off by just saying like the terminology is different. So a civil mm-hmm. lawsuit is, uh, I think, the most well-known example of what a civil lawsuit looks like is um, like a divorce. So one, one spouse will uh, file for a divorce against their other spouse. Um, even if it's like an amicable divorce, people will, one party will initiate the actions. Basically what that means is they will file a form, um, a, we call it a complaint in the legal system. Essentially what that is, is they are starting the legal process by, um, trying to, um, get the court to take some sort of action against another party or, uh, in, you know, non-divorce, just standard civil suits. So like contract suits, um. The really typical one is like, um, you know, you have an employment contract and you are suing your boss for wrongful termination for firing you illegally, um, and so in that case, you might want the court to require your boss to give you your job back. But alternatively, you might want the court to um, essentially require that your boss, the company, pay you a specific amount of money. So. That's kind of the civil suit side. Another example is like, um, let's say, my next door neighbor uh, cuts down a tree that's on my lawn. I might want to sue that neighbor for um, you know, the amount that that tree was worth. Um, maybe even, let's say, he used the trunk of the tree to as firewood. Um, maybe I would try to obtain some sort of money from my neighbor In the amount that he kind of benefited from what he did on my property. So that's a civil suit. Um, By contrast, a criminal case is kind of, it's not a private party that brings the lawsuit against a criminal defendant or um, somebody who is being charged with committing a crime, violating a law, but it's actually the state or the country. So, let's say I shoot my neighbor and I do it in. You got, you
0: got mad about them chopping down the tree. Right. I
1: got, (laughs) I got really angry about them chopping down that tree. So let's say I shoot my neighbor. I can be, uh, charged or basically arrested and, um, arraigned and charged with a specific crime. So let's, uh, you know, if a person dies, murder, um, And since it's within like one state, uh, I would likely be uh, charged by the state of Connecticut, whatever state you're in. Um, Let's say I uh, shoot my neighbor and then bring his body over state lines. Then I can be charged by the US government. So I can be charged with um, violating federal law as well on top of the state crime. So it's a little bit different um, with respect to who's kind of initiating the action, the legal action, but also on top of it, it also, um, it differs in terms of what someone can get out of that action. So let's say like my neighbor's wife in the situation where I shoot him, um, let's say she suffers extreme emotional distress from this. She loses her, the love of her life. Um, Then on top of it, she also loses, you know, the income that he would have made Um, which he would have given towards, you know, put towards the family. Um, That's not something that she can really get from me. Like, I can't, she can't get me to pay her money simply through the criminal case that is being brought against me. Now, I might go to jail. Um, I might have to pay restitution in some cases. Um, But for the most part, criminal cases, the remedy in the end would be some sort of punitive or punishment, um, some sort of uh, punitive remedy. Whereas with, let's say that woman wanted to get money from me because of, you know, how I changed her life, right? She can file a civil suit as an individual against me separately from my criminal trial, um, in which case she can claim that I deprived her of the income she would have gotten, deprived her of her Personal enjoyment and it, you know, gave you know gave to her gave upon her pain and suffering, which would the only way to make that right would be for me to pay her a specific amount of money. So there's kind of like criminal versus civil lawsuits. Is that's kind of how they generally differ. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of you know the Travis Scott concert um, with the the individuals who died, um, I think that honestly there could be criminal and civil actions. And I think that people are really, are really encouraging both at this, but the, the general public is really encouraging both at this point.
0: Right. Yeah. There is an investigation that there are opening. Uh, it was announced that investigation was opening about that. Um, but actually one question that I was going to bring up later, but I think it's a good segue mm-hmm. into this one. Um, so, uh, because you had mentioned like it could be the state or the federal. In this case, would it be solely the state because the event happened in Houston or because maybe it was promoted to outside of the state or uh, because individuals from out of the state and performers from out of the state came to perform? Would Could that be arguably a federal?
1: So I would say it probably would stick within the state of Texas because that's where the event was. That's where all of the action took place. Um At the end of the day, even if someone a crime occurs upon another person in another state, um, typically the correct forum for a lawsuit or a criminal charge to be brought would be that state. It gets a little bit more confusing with civil law than criminal law. Typically, criminal law is pretty clear cut. Um, You look to where the crime occurred. Um, But with civil law, because sometimes parties can be from different states. And this kind of gets into the weeds of civil procedure a little bit, but um, you know, sometimes uh, it's not a proper forum to bring a lawsuit against a person who's from California who happened to be in Houston on one weekend who did something wrong, and now um, now somebody from who lives in Florida is trying to sue him. Um, you know that actually might result in. Um, the a lawsuit so not a criminal charge but a lawsuit being brought in federal court okay under federal law
0: that makes sense yeah because i know that like a lot of times like when hearing about you sometimes we will hear about different things like a fighting over what state it will be in or Mm -hmm. whether it'll be federal or state yep so i uh so it isn't so it's interesting to hear that makes sense that it would be that would be in civil instead
1: and then it's also it's it's interesting because i think with um there's something called forum shopping. Essentially, really good lawyers will try to find the the, the venue, so the location um, of the lawsuit that is most advantageous to their their client. So let's say I want to bring a lawsuit against someone in the state in you know out of something that happened in Delaware. I'm from Connecticut. Um, the other person is from New Jersey, but let's say like they have some sort of connection to the state of Florida and in Florida, that would be, that would be like the law of the state of Florida would be the most thankful to me. Like it it would be most thankless to the opposing party, but extremely like beneficial to me. And it would be a lot easier for me to win in the state of Florida if I brought that lawsuit than if I brought the same exact lawsuit in New Jersey or in Delaware or Connecticut. And so Attorneys will essentially forum shop, so kind of like shop for the right place to bring the lawsuit or have the right forum in which they should bring the lawsuit, um, and that's something that the Supreme Court has really tried to dissuade by, um, you know, creating like specific procedure that is required for lawyers when they bring lawsuits. But that doesn't mean that loopholes don't still exist, and so a lot of the times, like. If you ever see any, like an almost any company is typically incorporated in the state of Delaware. That's because Delaware law is very, very, um, like posited toward uh, benefiting corporations. So it's very Mm. corporation friendly, and that's why a lot of corporations, a lot of businesses are incorporated in Delaware because then they can say, like, oh well, we're incorporated in this state. You know, therefore we have the basis to bring a lawsuit in this state or to. Um, require that any legal, you know, battle that we have in the future occurs in the state of Delaware because the law is a lot friendlier toward
0: us. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I figure one thing that we could do is we could discuss like different people because different uh, people or groups that I'm wondering whether we could see either civil or criminal. Mm-hmm. So there've already been several lawsuits against uh, Travis Scott, the organizers, Other festival and also drake because drake was a surprise guest on there which does make Mm -hmm. me laugh a little bit how now drake is being sued too um um i know it's not really a laughing matter i just find it kind of funny how suddenly drake is being sued also because it makes sense why it's just
1: right at the end of the day you want to go for whoever you can get the most money from and if that means adding another however million billion however much money he has you to the lawsuit (laughs) you might as
0: well right um so obviously they're being sued um so uh, that, those ones are all civil suits. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, who are maybe beyond either discussing them or beyond them? Who are some others that we might see as well, do you think?
1: Um, I mean, I think we can co- kind of probably work through a couple of those people if you just want to go one by yeah, one. Yeah, sure.
0: I didn't know whether you prefer to just have me just read them off or do yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so yeah, so Travis Scott and other performers, I think, because I was thinking Drake in mind. I didn't know if there were other performers that came on the stage. Doesn't sound like it. Um, and then the organizers, I think those two are fairly right. obvious, especially since there are already lawsuits against them and right. makes sense as to why there would be lawsuits against them.
1: And I know that, you know, I've had a couple of friends who have asked me about Travis Scott's criminal liability. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think that, like, his civil liability is... I think it's it makes sense that he would be sued. I think that he also probably has a very, very clear-cut indemnification clause within his contract. Basically, what that means is in the contract that Travis Scott's manager would have made with the, um, the organizers, whatever company in the venue, um, there's likely a clause within that contract that indemnifies or essentially like decreases his liability. Basically, it's kind of think about it like a waiver. So like, you know, if something goes wrong, like Travis Scott can't be held liable or sued individually in this case. That being said, based on the coverage that I have seen and based on his track record of um, encouraging uh, his his concert goers, so his his uh, guests, to break the rules of the venue, to rush the stage, to harm each other, um, essentially, you know, not saying those words exactly, but, you know, taking, you know, conducting themselves in a way that is almost sure to harm themselves or other people, that likely... That behavior likely is not covered by an indemnification clause. So that means like he's acting outside of what he's allowed to do under his contract. And so therefore, that's probably an argument that's gonna happen in court at some point. So he's probably gonna say, like, oh, you know, like I'm not the proper party to this suit. You can't sue me essentially, because um, there's I have this clause in my contract that is essentially a waiver of my liability, and the venue is probably gonna go, nope. That's not true because you acted outside of what we promised to cover you for in your in the contract.
0: Right, and I do because there is one little twist to this one that I'm wondering how this impacts this. Travis Scott is one of the organizers of the festival, mm-hmm. so would that like impact any of that at all?
1: Well, at the end of the day, maybe like I mean, I'm I'm sure since even though he's named as an organizer, he likely. Like, if you look at the actual, like, documentation, like, of who is presenting the event, it's likely some company of which he's, like, a member or some company that covers his stuff. Right. Maybe because he's an organizer in the festival, that could change things. Um, I think that he probably has a great legal team that made sure that he, as an individual, would not be subject to criminal liability or, I mean, not criminal, excuse me, civil liability um, and I think they probably covered their asses, if I'm, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: that's fine. <laughs> covered their asses
1: as best <laughs> as they possibly could. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's it's definitely something to consider. And I think that um, on its face, it seems like it's a kind of like a, a positive for the people that would be bringing the lawsuits. So families of the deceased, uh, you know, individuals that were hu- hurt didn't die. Um, but... His legal team has probably thought that through. That's fair. Um, Now, with respect to criminal liability, it's it's a little bit tougher. Um, Off the top of my head, so okay, so basically, like in order to be found to be charged with a crime, there has to be, um, you know, it's not like you have to be guilty, guilty, guilty beyond a reasonable doubt at the time you're charged. But there has to be sufficient probable cause to arrest someone and charge someone with something. So it's like there is a threshold. It's not as high as what he would need to be found guilty, at, you know, at trial by a jury or by a judge. Um, and then you know, from there, he would be like given a criminal sentence. whether that be like a fine, a um, you know, jail time, community service, whatever. But it's hard because it's like there. He, you know, in order to be. To be charged with a specific crime, he needs to be um, essentially, he needs to have had like the correct mental state and intent to, for a lot of crimes, to have acted in a specific way. So it's not like, I don't think he would be charged with like manslaughter or murder for the deaths of the individuals. Which is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe manslaughter, because manslaughter doesn't require like an objective intent to cause someone's death. But you know, you someone can be charged with manslaughter for like drunk driving. So mm-hmm. when you get behind the wheel drunk and you result and somebody dies because you hit their car, you are likely to be charged with manslaughter, which means you were acting in a way that was reckless and you caused someone else's death. So in that way, maybe I think that like that would be the hardest argument to make because i don't you know i don't think he said everybody rushed the stage and hurt
0: each other i don't th- yeah i don't think believe he encouraged people to rush the stage at this show mm-hmm. so since he didn't do right. it at this show i right. don't know if his previous shows he has but since he didn't i don't think he i might be wrong but i don't believe he did it at this show
1: right and at the end of the day like him doing that at a previous show would never make it in front of a jury because that's right. called propensity evidence uh basically like it's basically, like, it's it's premised on this argument that, like, we don't let someone's prior bad acts dictate their, their future behavior. So it's not fair in the eyes of the law to essentially judge someone on something they did in the past instead of looking at what happened in the present and the actual incident. Um, it's the same reason that, like, you know, somebody being... Having weed on them 10 years ago is probably not going to come in in their drug trial 10 years later. Um, okay. It's because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really easy for, unless there's some sort of like limited reason for that evidence to come in, but otherwise it's, it's you know, it's, a, it's, it's easy for a jury to look at it and say, like, oh, because in the past he told his concert goers to rush the stage. Um, he must have done it in the future and must have wanted that to happen in this present, present incident. So, um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, if he acted in a specific way that was negligent, um, you know, there are specific laws that outlaw like criminal negligence. Um, but again, I don't, th- I mean, I just think it's kind of a stretch. I, I think it would be a really hard, case to win and I think he's gonna have like an incredible legal team that he's gonna pay bajillion dollars for right um that's gonna get him out of any sort of any sort of issue in that
0: way that makes sense um so so these next two I have like kind of broken down in a couple different pairs I think the first one to discuss is uh like the hired security and event medical providers and that's different from the next one which would be like Houston's police department and fire department. Yeah. So I was just wondering, like, for instance, for those hired for that event, because I know, if, because I know, for instance, there, uh, I know in particular one that I was thinking of with that was like with the medical providers. I have heard that like there were different attendees that were helping that were performing first aid on people, and in one case, I, there was one person that was saying that she was at, who was a nurse that was actually showing medical providers mm-hmm. how to use a defibrillator, which. Yeah, I mean, I heard that you too. would figure that with training purposes, they would know how to do that if they're hired for this. So I'm just wondering, like, for either of those groups or even like the companies that provided them, because I don't know the, exactly how they found them.
1: Yeah. So, again, I think it really depends on what's in the contracts. Um, you would think that a contract would lay out the specific responsibilities that a, you know, a... a um, a a company would have, um, and I think honestly, at the end of the day, it, like really depends on what what they were tasked with actually doing. Um, if the security team is only tasked with like tracking IDs on the way in, then they likely would not be responsible to you know do X Y Z. Um, if something were to go wrong at the festival. I don't think that that's necessarily the case, though, because you wouldn't just hire security to do the bare minimum. And I feel like that kind of goes with the same thing with the, um, the you know, the medical staff that was hired for the event.
0: Well, sorry to cut you off, but it's interesting that you say that because actually one report that actually just came out, that was interesting that there were multiple security guards who, when got hired, they were offered minimum wage for payment. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So I, I know that's not exactly the meant to be a correlation there i just saying that it is an interesting point because they're not yeah. hired to do the minimum but just like
1: oh yeah no. and at the end of the day like i that's very common um and i think that says more about like the privatized security industry than mm-hmm. anything um right. especially because you would think that somebody who was paid that was tasked with being security at an event should have some sort of credentials to show that they are able to handle a situation if given, if, if in an emergency situation, I um, think
0: that, but I mean, the thing is you how often know. does that happen? Also, right, so people are like, well, we might as well go with the it's one that's cheaper as long as they could do the job. Right. Which is unfortunate. In my yeah, opinion.
1: definitely. And I think with respect to the medical personnel, I think, um, I think it's that definitely like I, I would be shocked if they weren't sued.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, also because there was reports with how long it took them to get, to, to, them. get now, to the people. Part of that is because of how crowded it was, right? But.
1: And I think again that would just rope in like the organizers of the festival and probably security too. Um, I think it's just going to be—it's probably going to be easier to just have a big old lawsuit, mm-hmm. um, name a ton of parties in it. Now, with respect to the individuals who were on, didn't know how to use defi- defibrillators, right? um defibrillate Yeah, it's such
0: a weird word to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so. I was I think I was like the other day I was I think I was when I was recording the first podcast about this I'm saying that part and I'm like ooh this is <laughs> you would think this isn't a foreign word for me considering <laughs> I was certified in first aid for how long as a lifeguard but <laughs> right. No, I mean, that was the same way.
1: <laughs> Um but I think for those those individuals so their company, the company that they work for, can absolutely be sued on their behalf. There is mm-hmm. a, um, a concept in tort liability, so this is where a negligence suit would come into play, called um, vicarious liability. Essentially, vicarious liability holds um, you know, a certain party, whether that be a person, a company, um, a group of people who run a company, holds them liable for the actions of someone who works under them. So this doesn't only happen within the course of employment, but it's it's very commonly found in employment. Um, so like, let's say um, I'm working at a drive-through, and uh, I hand a cup of coffee to someone, and I dump it on them, and it's scolding hot, and it gives them third-degree burns. Um,
0: there yeah. certainly isn't a company that this has happened with before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not at all. Um, but if that were to happen, the company, the fast food restaurant that I work for can probably be sued for my actions, even though I did might have done them independently. Um so, in that kind of case, the fact that they were, this particular company was using people who didn't know how to use defib- defibrillators again, that damn word. <laughs> um, That'll be the last
0: time it comes up, I believe. I know.
1: So, the reason, the, the fact that they didn't know how to use this type of equipment, that is squarely within their role as an employee of that company, of the whatever medical company, you know, privatized company was hired um, to do kind of like first aid. Um so even though the company may have thought that they were certified or um you know required certification or whatever that doesn't mean that the company can't be sued but the individual can also be held responsible so i think both both the company that um you know was hired uh by the festival as well as the individuals who were very clearly inadequate in that situation can definitely both could be sued um You know for negligence definitely um i would say it's probably the best way to go probably wrongful death um yeah
0: all right next up as i mentioned a second ago um the the city's police and fire departments Mm -hmm. because like with police the fact that like there was the violence there and the concert wasn't shut down as or kept on going for as long as it did and then for the fire department the fact that it with the number, I think more than the the number of people crowded in there in that section, it would have been a fire hazard there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, now there is a con another concept called governmental immunity, um, and municipal immunity that I think is definitely going to be something that could come into play. If the city, um, whether it be the fire department or the police department is sued for this reason. um, so basically, the goal of governmental immunity. Let me just give a little background. So basically, like what governmental immunity is is essentially a city, a municipality, a town can't be sued um, for actions that um, take place in the course of that town's activity. If that makes sense, like what what you know what its departments should be doing. Um, so let's say a cop shoots someone in the middle of the street. That person tries to sue the cop. Likely the cop, and also tries to sue the police department, likely both of those things can say that they are immune from the lawsuit. Um, essentially, they can dismiss the lawsuit before it really gets any wheels because, um, because of this governmental immunity concept. And the, the goal of governmental immunity is to um, prevent lawsuits from curbing the city, the town, the municipalities objectives, essentially like preventing the city from being so bogged down with lawsuits that, um, you know, it can't do its day-to-day tasks that it has to do as a functioning city. It's a very controversial thing because at the end of the day, that's good. That's all good and great. But what happens when an innocent person dies? What happens when a cop shoots someone in the middle of the street and Mm -hmm. then they're not able to be held to justice? That's completely unfair. Right. And it basically is, in my opinion, the concept has really kind of gone too far. Um, You know, I think that I think governmental immunity has a place with respect to frivolous lawsuits. But I don't think that there's that many frivolous lawsuits that have gotten, you know, would probably get through the floodgate whereas I think I think people need to be held responsible for their actions. So I think in that case the fire department and the police department likely have a way of dismissing the lawsuit without it really getting any wheels. I don't think there's anything wrong with suing them because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you sue them as well as a bunch of other people, you know, they can move to dismiss it if they so choose or they can settle
0: it, but right That makes sense. Um, So this one, so now we have a few that I'm, actually before we get to the few that I don't think would be as likely, what about like the venue slash like the owners of the venue or Mm. anything like that?
1: Definitely going to be
0: sued. Easy. Okay. And like similar kind of thing. It's like the promoters. Definitely. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, Especially for the sheer number of people that were in that space. I think Um, they could also probably be sued for not having like a functioning escape Plan,
0: oh yeah, Um so and like
1: it. having like clear like fire lanes because let's say there was a fire in the middle of that venue, no one would have been able to move. Right, that's a very it was a very unsafe setup in the way that they had it. So I think at the end of the day, that's probably something that um they have there. There's a really really good negligence suit waiting to be brought against
0: the venues, the venue itself. It's funny because I was and I was talking to well our dad in this case dad. Um, and it was funny because I mentioned that but I didn't think about the those uh, the um the venue owners yeah or the those in charge of the venue there um, and then a few that I'm guessing probably won't be as likely to be um, to be sued um so those that are in charge of promoting in terms of advertising it or those that were providing tickets because my big thought process there is, do would they have any sort of legal responsibility to warn them that they if they have there have been incidents in the past, or there is a rowdy or crowd or something like that? I'm guessing probably not.
1: No, likely not. Um, I think also with respect to tickets, people buy tickets and they don't even like think to read the fine print that Mm -hmm. you have to click the check mark to go to the next screen to get your ticket because those things are selling fast you know like that's not something you'll take the time to really read there's likely a limited liability clause somewhere within the contract that you sign when you buy a ticket to a concert that you're not Mm going to hold the ticket the ticketing company responsible for anything that happens at the event
0: a lot of a lot of uh, ticket vendors now don't even require to click anything they're just like Here's the clause. Yeah, go on if you agree. Right, and yep. don't and that's like hidden. Also, no, that's so the you. thing is like, and again,
1: like you know, it's there. You're, it's probably it's on some link in whatever email you get where you get your ticket. But yeah, no, because it, it that's um, I would say assuming like the ticketing company or um, you know promoters. I think it's that kind of falls too far outside of the scope of what actually happened because anything that they did did not yield. What happened, right? So right. like, they didn't violate any person's contract that they made the contract with, right? Like any any of the people that they sold tickets to. Like you got the ticket, you got into the festival. That, that's at the end of the day. That's what they gave you, right? Um, and so they did they did their job. So I I wouldn't I don't think that that's you know the proper party that would, should be sued in that kind of case.
0: Makes sense. Another one I'm I, I'm sure they won't be sued. There's no reason to sue them. But any vendor that was at the festival, I'm sure. That wouldn't be the case
1: yeah likely not again because like think about it this way they're going to have contracts with the um the venue itself with the with the organizers of the event um and their limited purpose for being there is to do whatever vending that they do provide whatever service that they do whether it be selling drinks or food or merch or whatever um those people have like a, a limited purpose for being there and so again their actions didn't result in the
0: unsafe nature of this venue. Oh, you mean the person selling soda didn't go up on the stage and be like, everyone, come mosh up here. That's not how, that's how not, right? <laughs> that's not how festivals or concerts typically work, but. <laughs> nope. Um, and the last one, this one, well, I think that in theory there could be cause, I think this one would be really difficult to do, any attendees, which I think, this is different from like, I know there's the reported investigation of the one attendee that was going around stabbing, injecting people Mm. with drugs Uh, that's not what i'm talking about i just mean any individuals who like for instance the reports of people like were falling down because they're passing out and people just walk over them i'm assuming that would be difficult to prove
1: yeah so or to
0: identify them rather
1: uh well so okay so there's another legal concept um essentially within the like tort law um that basically says that someone can be some okay if someone jumps into a pool and starts drowning, someone who is at the side of the pool has no affirmative obligation to help that person. You could let that it could just be you, the person that jumped in the pool, and unless you have some sort of obligation to help them, i.e. if you're a lifeguard, you have no legal obligation to help that person. You could let them die in front of you unless, let's say you're you have that heightened responsibility or you actively engage in trying to help them. At that point, that's when you may sort of gain a responsibility. But un- un- unless and until you do that, you are free to go. Like you have no legal responsibility to help anyone else. And that's the same thing with like, you know, somebody passes out in the middle of the street. You don't have to help them. That's not that uh, you have no legal obligation to. Same thing here. Even if they stepped over the person That doesn't mean that they actively engaged in helping that person. Let's Mm -hmm. say they started doing CPR on them, and they broke their rib. They weren't certified to do CPR. They killed them trying to do CPR. Maybe then, because you actively tried to involve yourself in helping that person, you might then have, or like they started doing CPR, got bored, decided to go continue listening to the concert. In that Mm -hmm. kind of case, if the person died, you may have kind of taken on a responsibility. But for the most part, not really. I will say, though. Like you said, the people who person who's going around like stabbing people with drugs, or even the kids that were jumping on top of the ambulances and the police cars oh, yeah, that I were trying that. to get through the crowd and prevented those emerg- EMTs from getting to the people who needed the help, that may be a closer call. Now, in that kind of case, that is someone who is actively impeding a, you know, a a. a EMT or someone who is certified to help those people get provide medical care to those people um by actively impeding on that you know emergency personnel from getting to those who needed help that might be a case where someone might be either sued
0: or charged criminally even okay that makes sense um I imagine that might be tough to like identify those people necessarily because I, I mean well, you
1: say that but there are so many videos of those people oh that's true that are going all over twitter
0: i guess also part of that i was i had been thinking about a time where that wasn't as frequent like i mean i was thinking as like a comparison woodstock ni- woodstock 99 which a exactly. little bit different at that point which right. that one was also horribly wrong but correct beside the point yep um so now i just have like a few other questions so i guess first off because like there is an investigation um, there, it had been announced there was an investigation ongoing and they said it could take a little while. How long would you like might you expect this might take? Cause I know Ugh. it's tough to tough to say necessarily, but.
1: Yeah. So think about it this way. Most lawsuits. end before they get to court. That's just the reality of the situation. Most lawsuits either are settled um, settlement. So that means that the parties agree that one party will pay a specific amount of money, or um, you know, will um, will agree that something will happen in lieu of the parties moving forward to an actual trial. Um, so that so that's that's the first kind of line of defense, right? A lot of the times in these kind of cases. These don't go to trial because it costs so much money to get from when you file a complaint to when you get through trial that a, a defendant, even a civil defendant, so you know a party that is being sued, if, if they know they're in the wrong, they're going to try to make it right so that n- both sides don't have to spend a ton of money. Um, also on top of it, with settlement, a lot of the times NDAs are signed uh, non-disclosure mm-hmm. agreements. So, um, basically, like it's in Travis Scott and his company, and his you know management's best interest to kind of like solve this before it kind of goes public because lawsuits are public. So, right. in coverage of this kind of lawsuit, especially trials that go on for multiple weeks, um, you know it could keep his name in the bad press for a really long time. So it makes a lot of sense for these kind of suits to be settled. So this might be something where there's a lawsuit, and we don't hear a damn thing about it because what happens is there's is settlement, and non-disclosure is signed. Someone gets a ton of money, like the families, um, and then it disappears, and we never hear a thing about it. So that might be the first thing. Secondly, because if this, if you know uh, the people that are bringing the lawsuits decide that they don't want to settle and they want to go forward a trial, um, Travis Scott, if he gets the good attorneys that I know he will, he will fight every single step of the way so that means he'll try to dismiss the case he will file motion 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 for summary judgment which is a later motion that you can file to kind of kick the case before it gets to trial um he likely will also get bogged down and dis- just you know the the plaintiffs in this case will in these cases will likely get bogged down with discovery discovery is basically um collecting like evidence physical items Um, correspondences, uh, taking, uh, depositions from individuals who were involved. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen like, um, shoot, what's the name of the, uh, the guy who, um, was like a pedophile and he may or may not have killed himself. Oh,
0: uh, Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Yeah. So Epstein, if you've seen any of the Epstein documentaries, um, you can see video of him being questioned by an attorney and him saying, "Like I'm invoking my fifth Amendment right to remain silent. That's an example of a deposition. So basically, like someone is asked questions on the record that can then be used against them in trial later on. So that, ta- that can take years. That can literally take years, um, especially if there's a lot of discovery to get through. That also is so expensive. So that's another mm-hmm. thing is. Um, you know, it's just, it's a really, it's a really costly process. Let's say they eventually actually go to trial. Then setting a trial date can take forever. Pre-trial conferences can take forever. Um, and then trials can last weeks sometimes. Really long trials can last like a month. And it's, and you know, you have to go through jury selection, which takes a ton of time too. Um, especially with such a high-profile case, everyone's going to be hearing about this. So you're going to probably go through a ton of people who have some sort of predisposition to this case, probably heard about it before. And so that kind of cuts out a lot of people from a jury pool. So jury selection would take even longer. So that was a really long way of me basically saying that these types of suits can go on forever. They can last a very, very long time. And so it's kind of sad, because it might even be advantageous for the plaintiffs bringing these suits to kind of nip it in the bud early if they're given a really good deal in terms of like a settlement. Um, otherwise, you know, it's not only just extremely expensive, but it's also emotionally draining. Like if you have to deal with this day in, day out for of uh, like multiple years, you know, especially with respect to like a dead child, I can't even begin to imagine how that must feel like right um or how that must feel rather but i you know it's it's tough um it's really tough but i you know i think that should these kind of this you know these lawsuits go to trial which i don't i don't think they will i think that um they're gonna settle for a lot of money um i think that this could be really a dragged out process which is
0: sad right yeah that does make sense i mean it makes sense why so long it's just gotta be so difficult.
1: And it's also hard because if you think about it, I think there's a stigma against settlement a lot because at the end of the day, people want to be heard and they want like your quintessential justice for whatever or whoever, right? And sometimes with settlement, you feel like because you your case is nipped in the bud before you, it really gets to be heard in front of a jury of your peers or in front of a judge Um, you know, in a traditional courtroom, you, everyone has seen a trial at some point on TV and in person. Um, I think there's a stigma against kind of not being able to really have your, have just the justice system act in the way that people traditionally think it will and should. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's really tough because a lot of the times People don't make the amount of money that they want through, you know, that they think is like the proper form of justice. Um, and they end up spending so much money that it's like they, they kind of come out even on the other end, even if they win. And that is really, I think, one of the most heartbreaking parts of the legal system. And like acknowledging the fact that I will be benefiting from that kind, this kind of system, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm an attorney. Um, and so once I'm practicing in the field, i you know i will be working in billing for my hours for clients um but that doesn't like make it any less heartbreaking if that makes sense right you know
0: that makes sense um and know I, I before we go into three non-legal questions mm-hmm. um one but i just have one last legal question um which is that he has said that he has offered to he's offering refunds he's paying for uh He's paying for fun. Uh, he's offered to pay for funerals for those who had passed. He's also provide offered to pay- provide mental health, hmm. uh, services. Now, uh, you know where I'm hmm. gonna what I'm gonna ask about this. And about also health. <laughs> um, and also one that I'm wondering. Uh, I'm thinking also because there has been the debate about well, how can he nip it at the butt? And what I'm thinking because like one that well, this hat there are acts that do this, so it's not just them, but the the. What I basically call it is the bring the horizon mindset because they did something like this where one person, one girl had died at a mosh pit at one of their shows and they said we will not be encouraging mosh pits here in the short term. Um, And then, um, so I'm just wondering with all of that, why is all this happening legally? Like, um, why is he offering all this? Oh, I mean, he's—you he's, <laughs> know the answer. He's
1: trying not to get sued. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Yeah,
0: I did want to have you, the yeah. legal expert, say this um, because, uh, especially since I know there are some that's like, it's great that he's doing this, and I'm sitting there thinking he's covering his ass. Oh, one
1: hundred percent, one hundred percent. Even if there's like a part of him that's feels guilty or you know is feels truly saddened for these families and is in some point part trying to remediate the situation, you can't ignore the fact that he likely is also trying not to get sued. Right. And I don't think that that's, (laughs)
0: <laughs> no coincidence there. I don't, I don't think that
1: that's going to remediate the problem.
0: <laughs> right. That's my thought, too. Already, one family has said that they aren't actually accepting Good. that offer, and they're they doing a GoFundMe.
1: Good.
0: Um, instead. And then they should sue them. And then for whatever... They also have said that whatever left over, they're using that as a scholarship fund right. for the, where their son went to college. Oh, that's so sad. Um, and now, so the last three are three non-legal questions, but more like festival tour and performance questions yeah. um, that... I figure that we could, I'll, I'll ask them and either you can answer them first or you can push it over to me, okay. whichever. Because um, I figure we could both discuss it, even if brief. Um, the first one is that after this event, what kind of impact do you think this might have on other festivals mm. in the, sh- either short term or long term?
1: I mean, I hope that this really just kind of encourages festivals to be as safe as physically possible and create a safe environment for concert goers because i think that this is a really um it's a it's like a probably the worst way that any sort of festival could learn this lesson that it's important to um not oversell tickets to um you know, make sure that people have ways out, even from big festivals. Uh, make sure that you, their EMTs and emergency personnel have access to individuals within the venue. Um, so, you know, I guess a part of me hopes that this really inspires, you know, a heightened level of protection. I guess with respect to how people, you know, organizers are and venues are um, looking toward, like. Future festivals, but I, I, you know, I, I, that's my hope. I don't know that, yeah, you know, I think time will tell, but it's, I mean, it's just something where I don't, I think it would be stupid for festivals to not take this as like a huge, huge reality check.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that, in my opinion, short term, I think there will be a s- slight increase in terms of making sure that, like, I think that in contracts you will see, or in emergency plans, you will have that listed. Because that was one thing also with this festival, is that they didn't have a plan in case places got overcrowded that they specifically stated in there. Um, And I, um, and then also, but I think that in short term, I think that they might, like, festivals, because I know even there's a festival as soon as this weekend that Travis Mm -hmm. Scott was originally going to headline one night of, but he dropped out of the lineup. Um, I could see for that festival them being extra cautious with that, although I think a lot of the other performers, um, on the bill don't necessarily have that same reputation for, uh, um, for like prom- uh, for promoting like chaos and, yeah. uh, um, uh, I don't know the right word for it, but just encouraging all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, I think long term it wouldn't surprise me if, frankly, it doesn't do happen too much because I think that in particular, like in past festivals, like when they happened. Because, um, I mean, like, for instance, with Woodstock 99, there was the question of could mm. m- music festivals ever happen again? Mm. The answer very quickly afterwards was, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then for a couple of years afterwards, it was like, yeah, just don't do the- what they did. And then a couple of years after that, it's like, well, basically, if if we're organized, it doesn't really matter. Right. Or like, for instance, like with Firefest, like people are like, oh, we don't want to be the next Firefest Fest, but already it's like become the runt of the joke kind of thing. Right. Um. So I think that long term, I don't think this will have too much of an impact except for just people saying, we just have to make sure we have this in a plan in place. That's all.
1: Right. And I think like, yeah, even with Firefest, Fest, like think about it this way. Festivals are like, oh, we have to be like at least a little more organized than Firefest. Fest. You right. Know? So it's like, okay, are you creating a new bare minimum, like a bottom line? That's great. But maybe we can all just have like high expectations and like required high expectations from the field, but right, I, which
0: I will say, I mean, one festival that really benefited from having Firefest around the same time as it is the Woodstock 50 that didn't end up yeah. going off because that was so poorly managed. Right. It just firefest fire was that more, much more poorly managed that no one was talking about. Woodstock right. 50 after a month. Yeah. Um, and then two other questions. So, um, in terms of, uh, Astroworld itself. Mm. So probably, um, what do you like? I'm turkess in terms of future for the festival. Um, I, do you want to take this one or do you want me to take this one first? You can take this one. Okay. Well, I think short term it's not happening next year. I imagine because I'm guessing that the venue, the city of Houston, would not approve it. Um, I think though, and I mean, because I mean, you look at Woodstock, like Woodstock '99. It took like, it was gonna take another 20 years. Ignore the fact that I just had to do mental math before I could come up with 20. Um, before they were, they held another Woodstock. But I think there's a difference as to why I think we could see it again in the future, maybe rebranded on a different name, because I think it would be more difficult to brand it under the same name yeah. in the short term. And the bigger thing was that last year, in uh due to COVID, in lieu of the festival, Travis Scott did like a special thing on Fortnite. Now, Fortnite has already cut ties with like mm-hmm. the specialty things that Travis Scott did, but You gotta figure there might be someone who'd be willing to do a live stream thing. So if they could, it wouldn't surprise me if they could do a few years of a live stream one, and then see how he rebounds with touring and how his in-person concerts go. It wouldn't surprise me if we see another Travis Scott run festival similar to that, but maybe with different elements in it, with like heightened safety elements.
1: Is this the first year that Astro like festival has taken place? No.
0: In fact, even at the last at at the last one they held, twenty nineteen. There were three people who were trampled at a gate rush. And also there was another uh, gate rush at a VIP gate that knocked over a barricade on that same day.
1: I just don't see this (laughs) festival ever happening again. I think that what he's going to happen, what's going to happen is he's going to take a couple years off of touring. Then he's going to come back touring. He's not Mm going to hold the festival ever again. Maybe he'll have a festival later down the line. But it's going to have a totally different name, totally different branding. It's going to be like, at, they're going to try to make it as different from World as physically fucking possible. I apologize for swearing.
0: Uh, uh, we'll have to mark it as explicit for this one, Megan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it just makes no sense to me that like the the, the name Astroworld is now synonymous with nine people dying. Right. So I, I don't see that ever happening again. I think what will end up happening is... I think that what would happen is he's going to take a couple years off. He's then going to probably make more music. He's going to maybe have tour, uh, you know, tours, but I don't think he's ever going to do an Astro World again. I think, yeah, but yeah, maybe the most is he has some different kind of tour. But at, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well then, I mean, some another kind of event. Right. Um, at the end of the day, though, you know, I wonder, like, what does this have to do with, like, his, the state of his
0: his future,
1: you know, because...
0: Which actually was my another question I was going to ask about his, in particular, touring future also. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's, it's different. It's difficult because, like, how, you know, how long are people going to hold on to him? You know, like, how long are people going to wait around for his, you know, and would people go back to those concerts? Like, I feel like his fan base is a lot of, like, teens into Mm -hmm. early 20s so what happens when they kind of grow older do they grow out of him I don't know I guess time will tell
0: and also the other question the other thing that I was thinking related to that is um in I mean first off as I mentioned I think that the big difference between him and like maybe like a thing like a Woodstock or something like that is that now that especially in COVID, live streams prove to be successful in a lot of ways. It wouldn't surprise me if he does a live stream thing or even like a smaller event kind of thing that's also live streamed. Yeah. Something like that. It would, he tries that out before he does that. But mm-hmm. I think it'll be several years before he does a big event. And I think in terms of touring, so you had mentioned that you could see it being a couple years yeah. before it's... For me, uh, this might be a really hot take. It wouldn't surprise me if it's less than a year.
1: Wow, that and would be crazy. I
0: agree. But here's the thing. Um, so... I think that they might be able to try to convince some venues. Hey, we. Right, first off, he might be able to try to convince some venues. Well, you know, I couldn't see fully everything that was going on. Otherwise, I would have. Mm. Now, um, a venue might be willing to take the risk based on that, which in my opinion is foolish. But also he might argue, look, I'm a changed man. Now, that I wouldn't be the venue to be willing to jump on for the first one. But I think that while a totally different situation yeah. here... Another hip-hop artist that – I'm actually going to be discussing this more in my next episode, which will probably be recorded sometime this week and probably Sunday. Um, another uh, artist has recently announced that they are going to be touring again, and that is DaBaby, who recently mm. is embroiled in controversy. He actually just announced a tour, and that hasn't been that long since. And now, I know this is really different because yeah. um, because people died in Travis Scott's thing, whereas right. people didn't die in DaBaby's incident – but the thing is, he though, he
1: was just like a sexist asshole.
0: The thing is, though, with the baby, <laughs> <like>, though,
1: homophobic.
0: <laughs> some of his support, some of Travis Scott's supporters will say, "Well, in the baby's case, he was in control of all of that. Travis Scott's case, they put some supporters. I would disagree with this, but they might say he wasn't entirely in control of this, which hmm. he wasn't entirely in control of that. But even still." Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if within a year we see some venues taking the risk on him now of course like prior to that incident it like i mean now this one is going to be more connecticut geared uh geared talk in terms of venues because that's where uh Maggie and i grew up but uh like i mean for instance before that it wouldn't have surprised me if they got like the meadows yeah. kind of venue for the baby well right. the connecticut stop he's making is oakdale
1: uh, okay. so it's a
0: much more scaled down venue like i mean yeah. uh the Meadows, or now I think officially called Xfinity Theater. Um that one holds twenty four thousand, I think. Oakdale, how many do you think? Like ten yeah, thousand? Yeah, um
1: Like fifteen max.
0: Yeah, so it's a much more uh scaled it's back also thing.
1: indoors. Yeah,
0: and the and the meadows is an outdoor one. Um so yeah. Um so that's really all the questions I have about that. So um so um we're at fifty five minutes, so I figure we I want to do something fun so i figure actually two things first off do you have any art because i was at a concert last night which i kid you not for those listening at home the name of this group is the world is a beautiful place and i'm no longer afraid to die <laughs> I, this is the funniest name in my opinion people don't take me seriously when i say that's the name um so it's an indie band that has a bit of emo touch a little bit post hardcore touch a little bit of post rock space rock touch even um they're really good i recommend them um so th- I, that was a band I got into during COVID. Were there any, because there's a bunch of artists, so another band that I like is actually going to be opening a show at that same venue um, in March next year, I think. So are there any artists that you maybe got into or got reacquainted with during COVID?
1: So to start, I um, definitely got reacquainted with Taylor Swift. Fair. It's no question <laughs> there. Um, did her
0: re-releases yeah, help a little bit with that?
1: I think her re-releases definitely helped. I
0: haven't listened to them. I've heard they're amazing. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. What a woman. <laughs> um so I think definitely that, but I also like I well, I think part of it is also like I think everyone kind a lot of people downloaded TikTok during the pandemic and I have still held out. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those. Um I believe it was during the pandemic. It might've been right before, but either way, Mm -hmm. um, I like kind of got to know Doja Cat through TikTok. Okay. And then really like, started liking Doja Cat as an artist. And so, um, I think it's probably another one that I really kind of got into.
0: How'd you like your newest album?
1: I was pretty good. Some people hate it, but I I don't mind it.
0: Now I'm going to eventually release my, uh, at the, at the year end so I'm gonna release my official like uh, top albums or whatever and I will spoiler alert it's not in the top 10 but I did give it 5 stars okay so I, I was a fan I thought it was really good
1: yeah I liked Planet Her I thought it was pretty good I mean I'm like 100% like a hot pink girl to like which is her previous album like mm-hmm. that is like that's my album like I love that album so Fair. <laughs> it's I like Planet Her less than that album but that doesn't mean that Planet Her doesn't have like bangers on it so I yeah no I, th- I think she's amazing right. she's just like great
0: yeah, there's a bunch of bands that I had gotten into like um because like just randomly exploring Bandcamp cuz you know me, I sometimes <laughs> do that. Um so yeah, I had gotten like into that uh into the um the first band I mentioned, I don't feel like saying the whole name again. Um and uh, another band that's going to be coming to Connecticut as an opening act uh, sometime in March uh, called Dogleg that I got really got into both of them, but then like some bands I got acquainted to either since the pan during the pandemic or was not long afterwards where like August Burns Red I had gotten Mm. reacquainted with them again. Really, 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 really reacquainted with them. Um, The Cure randomly. I love the cure. I mean, yeah, Megan knows it's such a random band to just be obsessed with, but I just love their music. Um and the last one, so I have a really funny story that I want to tell you guys and I think Megan will get a really good kick out of. Mm. So um of course, you know how it's a famous thing hearing like the misheard lyrics. I'm um, like, I can't think of uh, some legendary... Oh yeah, I'm like, Jimi Hendrix said, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Mm. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. A lot of people think it is. Right. Um, of course, that one is, I think even in a band camp game that they, they had that song and they actually had the lyrics as kiss this guy and I'm sitting there like, hold <laughs> on a second, those aren't the words. That's funny. Um, so, one that was legendary. So, you know the song Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode, right?
1: Yes, I do. Uh,
0: okay, so... um, so, um the main line is reach out and touch faith.
1: Hmm. Right? Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that it was reach out and touch faith. The whole time I thought the main line is they were saying, reach out and touch me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) I was singing along like that and I'm just like, and I realized that I'm like, well, that makes a lot more sense with the content of the song, but I'm like... (laughs) Um, so yeah, I thought you would get a little bit of a kick out of that. Um, so and the only reason I realized that was because I was listening to for some reason at work I was because I have a Pandora account that I play at work. Mm. Um, I had I had a station for the cure playing and that one came up because they just have a lot of random 80s alternative groups that come up with that one, which I love 80s alternative music. It's so random. Mm. It's like at a point where they weren't sure whether they want what, di- they totally weren't sure what direction they wanted to go with with alternative, whether they wanted to go like a synth pop route, electronic route, or like a heavier route, or like just totally like a jangle pop kind of route. No one knew what direction to go, but mm. I love it. Um, and that song came up and I saw it, looked at the lyrics there and I saw reach on touch faith. What? <laughs> um,
1: That's funny. Yeah, I was saying that um, part of, reacquainting myself with Taylor Swift, who I really haven't listened to since I was, like, in high school, um, is a lot of the Speak Now songs, I have just, like, totally mislearned. Um, (laughs) Like, the song Speak Now, there's, like, one lyric that – or, no, Sparks Fly, rather. At the end of it, it's, like, you're the reckless that should – of the first, you know, sequence – um, you're the reckless that should send me running, but I know that I won't get far. Like that makes sense because it's like running and far. I don't know what I thought the second line of that that like phrase was, but it wasn't far. It wasn't, <laughs> I won't get far. I don't know what I thought it was, but it's just, yeah, no, it's, it's funny to listen back and be like, oh, well, nope, learned that wrong when I was 16 years old.
0: I have a great knack at just mishearing lyrics mm-hmm. all the time. Um, there's so many lyrics I've just misheard. I thought that one was just hysterical. That it's like I mean I thought because I knew there was a lot of objection to that song among among people uh, among different faiths. Like I know um, I figured that it was because uh, they had something that might be that might be sexual in terms of uh, that one. Nope. Apparently the whole thing was that it, the whole song was about faith. There wasn't anything thrown in that was sexual in the main chorus. Um, so <laughs> whoops. But hey, I mean. I, it could have been worse. I had one where I one song where um I thought that they where they were, the whole point of the song was like something to give an optimistic message. I thought that they I misheard it to be something that I thought was related to death. Which uh, don't don't even ask about that one. I won't I won't repeat this that one on the podcast. I was telling Megan before that one, and she was like, "Oh, that one was <laughs> that one, not the wisest choice." There,
1: very different.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, I figure um even though I know we're probably a little bit longer than we both planned, but that's okay. I figure, because uh, every time you're on the podcast, I do give you this one, since mm-hmm. I uh, spoil because I was cruel enough to do this to you one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan, since I'm on, do you have any spontaneous surprise questions for me by chance? It's okay if you don't.
1: I don't think I do right now.
0: Uh, no fun. I'm oh, just kidding. Oh, actually, here's one. Oh, perfect.
1: Um, rank your top three Cure albums.
0: Ooh. Um... I'm gonna have to cheat and pull up the discography for a second, because I always, because off the top of my head, I always screw up. Um, oh, you know, actually, I let me pull up my phone because I don't, I didn't connect to internet on. Oh yeah. Yours. So um. I'm
1: gonna have you log into the Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, it's quicker to just use data. The Cure discography Wikipedia. Thank do you. Do you have
1: any of their albums on vinyl?
0: I do not. Um,
1: I'm shocked about that.
0: Yeah, um, actually, on my phone, I have uh, one of their Greatest Hits albums, which uh, the biggest disappointment is that one song that I absolutely love it on um, there is uh, absent from that one. Um, or It's absent from the U.S. version, so of course mm. they don't have that one. Um, it's funny, because like, for me, it's like the... Um, ooh, yeah, there's a bunch of good ones. Um, so you said top three, top five, how many do you want? Top three. Top three, okay. Um... I'll do them three to one. Um, let me just check what... Uh,
1: <laughs> I really should have given, like, heads up. No, no, no,
0: that's okay. I just don't remember what song... Um, I. There's issues that I can't remember what album... Oh, it is from that album. Okay. Um, that's right. Okay. Okay. So, number three um, is going to have to be their 1980 album, 17 Seconds. So that one is a staple in terms of gothic rock. It also was influential in terms of new wave um, but you could take this darker route in new wave, which I think was really important in alternative music. Um, there's a that was several l-
1: seventeen seconds. Seventeen
0: seconds. That's number three. Um, really influential album, and of course it has what I consider to be their best song, which might be a little bit controversial: um, "A Forest," which is um, one of their earliest songs. Again, I mean, it was like really just the epitome of if I need to think of a song that is the epitome of gothic rock, I would go with that one. Um, number, number two would be an interesting title one. Um, an album called pornography. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that, um, that one is another one. That's like a legendary one in terms of gothic rock. So I will say most people would probably have a lot of their 90s um alter- um a lot of their nineties alternative albums when they shifted more towards like a jingle pop type kind of sound for me. I'm, tend to be more favorable towards their early music. Um, but that said, I mean, their are nice stuff. I love their night nice stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, I, this, In terms of the songs, um, it doesn't have a ton of songs that are, like, well-known and, like, are big, like, crowd-pleased or anything like that. But in terms of just the composition is great. Um, how it all sounded together, it worked perfectly together. And then number one... Um, actually, before we go to number one, we'll uh, do... Uh, I'll do an honorable mention to uh their cause um I forgot about this one, but either way I wouldn't have made the top three. An honorable mention to their nineteen ninety two album, Wish. Um it's an album that truly went to embrace the um their alternative side, which was actually where "Fried Am and Love mm. came from. But they also had uh High and some other songs. But number one for uh their top albums is disintegration their 1989 album. So that one because with their previous album Kiss Me Kiss Me Kiss Me, um that one was more of a pop rock album, but then they shifted back over to uh to a slightly gothic rock sound um which has all sorts of good songs um that one also was where uh their highest charting song lullaby came I mean not lullaby, sorry. Lullaby came from that, but their highest charting song love song came from. Mm. Um but also in terms of what I would consider their just barely their second best song, Behind a Forest, Pictures of You, was from... Um, there are a lot of great songs. It sounds great. Um, it's an absolute masterpiece as well. Um, and it was um, poss- one of their more experimental albums. They experimented a bit, too, with it. So I know that was probably a longer answer <laughs> than you expected with all those, but that would be what I'd say for my top three. Now, it's plot to us. Megan was just asking that for Christmas ideas, but I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> now I already know what I'm getting here for Christmas. Perfect.
0: All right, so... Unless you have anything else, that's all I have. All right, perfect. Megan, thank you so much for coming on and uh, giving your expertise with all of this. I know I couldn't have been able to describe all this legal yeah, stuff. So. No
1: problem. That's what I'm here for.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you again. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Um, make sure you like the Facebook pages for Is Baller Trademarked Yet? and Groupie and Harmony. Make sure you check out the blogs for Is Baller Trademarked Yet? and Feeling Groupy. Both are going to have stuff coming out soon, and be on the lookout for another episode coming out very soon, as in potentially as soon as Sunday. More than likely, I'll release it Monday, though, (laughs) after recording Sunday. Anyways, thank you so much. Bye.